Is this what it felt like to truly exhale? My breath escaped my lips and a calming whisper came over my soul. For once, I was able to live without worry and without fear of what the future held for me. I closed my eyes and received the next inhale knowing that once I released everything within me, I could finally just breathe. It felt good. In the midst of everything that was happening, Keena tells all was doing pretty well. Much better than I expected. In the first month of its release, I had far exceeded the sales of all my other books combined. I felt like I could really be on to something. Being booked for radio interviews and special appearances, that shit had me feeling like I was really on my way. I had a radio interview with All Biz Radio, a local radio station that catered to upcoming entrepreneurs. I was so excited when they reached out to me because not many people received that chance. I was truly grateful for this opportunity. I told everybody I knew and invited them to listen in. I figured some would miss the show, but I really only hoped that one person in particular was listening. Yeah, we have a treat for you here in the studio today. Author of the book, Keena Tells All. Welcome, the one and only, Keena Matthews, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome, Keena. Hey, y'all. Thanks so much for having me. It's definitely a pleasure to be here. Okay, so, so let's get right to it. Um, now, uh, we're going to give you a chance to tell people a little bit about the book. Okay. But before we do, I, I just want to say, I had a chance to read it over this weekend. And, yo, this book is really deep. <laughs> like, seriously, it's one of those uh, books that make you feel lost when it's finished. You know, like, because it's over, but you wanted to keep going. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. I'm glad you enjoyed it. That's exactly the reaction I was looking for. I wanted the reader to really be engulfed in the story and, and the main character's journey. That was very important to me. Yeah, well, you, you definitely pulled it off. Like, it had its ups and downs. I laughed. I cried. I mean, I ain't cry because, you know, gangster. <laughs> <laughs> but I wanted to. <laughs> it's just uh, one of those stories that a lot of people can relate to. And it's a, mm-hmm. a story that honestly needed to be told. Thank you. But Thank I, you. I, I don't. Yeah, my, my pleasure. Um, I don't want to give it away, um, and I don't want to hype it up too much, but kind of tell us a little bit about Keena Tells All and your inspiration. Okay, well, Keena Tells All is basically a coming-of-age story. It's about a woman who's newly 30, trying to figure out life and how to balance it with her hopes, dreams, and aspirations. And while doing so, she gets into some certain situations that discourage her from pursuing her dreams and just the everyday happenings of an everyday woman. I know oftentimes we see the TV series, the movies, and the books that have these larger-than-life characters. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The ones who drive the bins, work for a law firm, stack in paper. I mean, they go through struggles too, don't get me wrong, but it's hard to relate to someone chasing their dreams when they already have it all. I wanted to come from the perspective of the everyday woman who's working at 9 to 5, who's jumping on the train, you know, to make sure they, you know, go to work every morning and staying up till the wee hours in the morning, just trying to make sure that her personal goals are met. That's the woman's story that I wanted to share, and that's what we've been missing from the storyline. Yeah, that's true. Right. That's, um... Go ahead, I'm sorry, go ahead. Right, the everyday working woman. It's important that her story is heard, and I wanted to be the one to share it because I live it. See, that's exactly why I wanted you to come on the show. Because the, the story is, is so unlike any other that you really hear told. You know, most books I read, it's the same old plot. Mm-hmm. You know, but, wait, 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 but correct me if I'm wrong. Okay. 
you mentioned earlier that you live this story so is is the story about you <laughs> well <laughs> <laughs> that laugh gives it away <laughs> i mean yes the story is about me essentially but it's about you it's about anyone who's living the struggle and striving to live the dream i mean of course it's called okay. kina tells all so much of it is my experience but it's very much a fiction story let me just make that clear mm. okay i hear that but uh can you tell us which parts were real because after reading the book, I have a few questions <laughs> of my own about some of these situations. Kind of steaming in the book. Uh, <laughs> I plead the fifth. As far as I'm concerned, it's all fiction with dabbles of truth. And that's my story, and I'm sticking to dabbles it. Dabbles of truth. That, that's what we go with. So you're not going to come on the radio, give up no tea? Nah, I'll just say that artistic freedom is a beautiful thing. Well, <laughs> I got to respect that. <laughs> I, so uh, let the audience know where they can find this amazing book and tell us about any upcoming events or appearances you may have. Okay, well, Kina Tells All can be found on all major reading outlets, including Just Reads. It can also be found on my new website, KinaTellsAll.com. Mm -hmm. Check me out on IG, the book, and Twitter at Kina Tells All. Next Friday at 5 p.m., I'll be vending at the MBEW's third annual entrepreneurial conference, Ooh. and I'm super excited about that. So make sure y'all come out and support your girl. Purchase a book if you haven't already. Purchase one for your friend who may need to read it. It's truly a good book if you have read it you need to read okay. it okay well you heard it here first people get you a copy of the book get get two copies for you and your friend and go check out Keenan matthews next friday at the mbew's third annual entrepreneurial conference and that's definitely a good look so yeah. we're here at all biz radio support you thank, thank you so much for coming on the show Keenan. thank you for and having me we look me. forward to seeing great things from you Very thank soon. you thank you my pleasure as soon as I stepped out of my interview, my phone rang. I looked down and immediately my stomach turned. It was Brian. There wasn't a name attached to it, but I knew it was him. That 404 area code gave it away. Hey, you. May I help you? Why even answer the phone if you're gonna be rude? You might as well just send me the voice. Would you rather I hang up now and let you call back and do that? All right, can you know, look? I was just calling to say that I heard your interview and you did great. Out of you. That's it. Oh, well, yeah, you definitely could have left that on the voicemail. Damn, Kina, is it that hard not being a jerk? Yeah, I mean, I've been practicing, but you know, slow and steady wins the race. All right, well, since you're still up to your old antics, I won't keep you. Just call to say congratulations, and I still love you. Well, thank you. I still love me, too. Have an amazing day, Brian. I hadn't heard from Brian in a little over eight months. Not that I was hoping to. But for him to just call out of the blue, acting all proud and shit, I wasn't with it. It was interesting to know that he still kept up with me, though. I hadn't a clue what his ass was up to. It's so funny the way things work out. Just five years ago, we were engaged to be married. I was actually going to marry that fool. Man, did I dodge that bullet. Brian was super talented. Like me, he was a writer and a musician. That was our connection. He was a music producer that heard a track with me spitting and he wanted to do a collab. Of course I was down. I'm always down for connecting with people for the purpose of creating dope music. His shit was so dope. He could definitely compete with some of the greats and I knew that as soon as he got discovered, everyone would be bumping his shit. We created a few songs together and the rest was history. We were like inseparable. That is, until I started noticing little things that didn't sit right with me. 
Well, first off, Brian lacked drive. He was always down for a good idea, but when it really came down to execute, he fell short every time. Brian was almost 40 and didn't have anything to show for it. Now, that might be the pot calling the kettle black, but at least I was trying to make the best out of my situation. Sometimes it felt like he was complacent with just existing, or like he was waiting on a savior in the form of a girl named Kina to come and change his life. That really rubbed me the wrong way. I didn't mind being that confidant and that person who inspired and encouraged him to step into his greatness, but it ultimately had to start with him. I don't think he ever really got it. But the shit hit the fan when I randomly got a call one day. Hello, you have a collect call from Brian Diggs, an inmate at the Breshire Corrections Facility. To accept the charges, please press 1. To decline, please press 2. I couldn't believe my ears. There was no way that my fiancé Brian was in jail. That just wasn't his style. It had to be a mix-up. Yep, (laughs) I just knew it had to be a mistake. He definitely wasn't the go-to-jail type. Or at least, that's what I assumed. Baby, listen, before you say... What the fuck, Brian? Why the fuck are you in jail? Listen, I don't really want to say too much, but I need you to bail me out. I'll pay you back, I swear. The bond is only $200, and you know I was about to start that new job next week, and so I'm trying to get out of here. Duh, Brian, I knew that. You want to know how I knew? Because I'm the one who got you that fucking job, and now you're about Uh, to fuck it up. Kina, listen, You didn't think about this shit prior to being locked up? I wanted to be understanding. I wanted to be the one to say, damn, baby, this is fucked up. I got you. But it just didn't come out that way. All of the frustration I had built up over the past few months, over him just wasting away, It really had piled up within me, and so instead of being loving and supportive, I came off bitter and cold. Baby, listen, I need you to get me out of here, okay? We'll talk about everything else when I get out. I'll come straight to your house. If this ain't the dumbest shit you done ever done, like, I don't even understand right now. How? Listen, baby. No, you know what? Never mind. I don't even want to fucking know. I'm going to bail you out. And we'll figure this shit out from there, because this, this is too much, Brian. It's too much. Kina. But you got to give me a few days, because I don't get paid until Friday. You can't get it any sooner than that? Uh, hello? My phone must be tripping, because it sounds like the nigga who's locked up is over there making fucking demands. I said I need a few days. Fine. Okay, baby. Please don't forget about me. I love mm-hmm. you. I kept my word, and I bailed him out when I got paid, but that was short-lived. He was only out for about a month or so before he ultimately got sentenced to serve 11 months. Part of the reason he got that time was because this wasn't his first rodeo, something I was unaware of. 11 months. Basically, a year of his life was now gone for a dumbass decision, and I would have to be the one who held him down. Nah. He claimed that on the night he got arrested, he was hanging with some friends who decided to take some shit that didn't belong to them, but they all got caught with it in their possession. But when it was time to go down, none of those so-called friends let the police know that Brian was just an innocent bystander and had nothing to do with it. So he went down with the rest of them. I ain't even exactly sure I believe that story, but it didn't take long for me to realize that Brian wasn't the man I thought he was. Aside from his extensive rap sheet, I found out a lot about Brian during that time, including that he had a thing for sharing pics and hooking up with chicks that weren't his fiance. I can thank the book for that little tidbit of info. But honestly, (laughs) I wasn't even mad. Coming to the realization that Brian was a fraud 
was the best thing that ever happened to me. He had become like a fungus on my soul. Part of me felt like he was just using me anyway. I didn't have much, but what I did have, I made sure that he was taken care of because I loved him. I fed him, I gave him money, got him a job, paid for shit whenever we went out. Damn, I was really like his sugar mama. Well, splendor. But that 11-month sentence set me free. I could finally cut ties with this burden of a relationship. It's funny, I didn't realize how much it was weighing on me until he was actually gone. I wasn't sad, I didn't cry, none of that. I was free. I didn't cut him off completely. I still accepted the occasional call and mailed him letters, but I was no longer invested in taking care of Brian Diggs. Now listen, had he been arrested on some revolutionary fight the power shit, then yeah, I would have had his back, stayed by his side and played my position as the fiance. But that shit there, <laughs> nah, I didn't want no parts of it, especially when deep down, I felt like I wasn't even getting the whole story. So fuck that. I might sound grimy as hell, but I never signed up to play nobody's down ass bitch. I got things to do. After Brian, I didn't date anyone for a long ass time. To know that I was so close to marrying a man that I never really knew, that shit scared me. How could I not have seen the signs? He really had me fooled. We were talking about running away together and getting married, starting a family and creating music, living a carefree ass life. But that wasn't reality. He wasn't real. I honestly think that Brian was my breaking point. After him, I kind of just went numb to my feelings and emotions. Whenever I dealt with any man, I made sure that my feelings stayed the fuck out of it. That's how it's been ever since. Brian was the last man I was in love with. Well, that was until Lamar. I thought about Lamar a lot in the last few weeks. Since we weren't talking, I had no clue what was going on with him and that wasn't like us at all. I wondered if he heard my radio interview, but I shrugged it off. I know he didn't. He had convinced himself that he was completely over me and I couldn't blame him, but that didn't stop me from thinking about him. Part of me wanted to text him and say hello, but even the text would be too damn awkward. I had one of those phones where you could see if the person read your text and it would kill me to know that he saw it and didn't respond. I wasn't even about to do that shit to myself. I decided to meet Raven at the bar for celebratory drinks. She had been texting me during the entire interview, so I told her to meet me at bar seven. When I got there, Raven was all smiles, but she looked weird. I held my peace. I figured it would come out eventually before the night was over. Girl, you did so good. It was so amazing. I'm so proud Thanks, of you. Thanks, girl. I definitely appreciate all of your support. But listen, guess who had the nerve to call oh, me? Oh, Lord. Girl, who? Brian's dumbass. He was listening to my interview and called to say good job. It was just so fucking random. I haven't heard from him in like what a year now all of a sudden he hitting me up to say congrats girl you know that fool still love you i guess he figured his boo on the come up and he wants to be a part of that yeah he wants to be part of the come up but i ain't checking for him well speaking of your love life what's going on with you and lamar girl nothing i haven't spoke to him since my party and so i've just been chilling 
I've been kicking it with Corey a little more, and so that's it. Kicking it with Corey? I thought he was just a side dick. He is. I mean, was. He's just the only dick now. But I mean, he's cool to be around when he's not working my nerves, so it's been cool and uncomplicated. Just how I like it. So is there any potential fireworks for y'all? Only the ones we make in between them sheets, girl. But nah, I don't know. I just don't see him like that. Girl, you just keep your emotions all locked away, huh? Look, I haven't found anyone who's really worthy of unlocking them, so I'm chilling. But anyway, how are things with you and Derek? Girl, it's a mess. We haven't had sex in months. I think he's cheating. Just then, the bartender came over and interrupted. We both sat quietly and stared at each other. She already knew what I was thinking. So what can I get you ladies to drink? Um, let me get a margarita with 1800 and sugar on the rim, please. No problem. And for you? I'll take a mojito with extra mint leaves, please. Is that all for you ladies? Yes, thank you. So what was I saying? Derek cheated again. Girl. I didn't mean to come off so dry, but Raven's husband Derek had a habit of dipping his dick inside women that weren't his wife. And every time, Raven forgave him. I wasn't the type of friend to just say, you're an idiot for staying with him. You know, I didn't want to come off as that bitter-ass single bitch. I still believed in love, and if she felt like Derek was worth it, then she needed to try and save her marriage. Girl, I don't have no proof just yet, but he's been keeping his phone mighty close to him. He even takes it with him to the bathroom. He gets phone calls and leaves out the room, girl, all of that. But the kicker is, Derek gets off at 6 p.m., but doesn't make it in the house until 7.30. And he literally works across the street. What the hell are you doing that takes you over an hour? It only takes me five minutes to walk across the street. Literally, five minutes, something is up. Of course, I thought he was cheating, but I always try to give people the benefit of the doubt. It was very possible that something other than cheating was going on. Maybe he stops at the gas station or the store to get an after work drink. Or maybe he just wants to clear his head. Girl, I know my husband. He's up to something. I don't get it. If you feel like you can't trust him, then how do you expect this marriage to work? I know, sis, but he just put me through too much. I'm trying to do the right thing, but as time goes by, I'm less and less sure about what that even means. So what are you going to do? I don't know, but I have to do something for the sake of DJ. I have to figure this out. My heart hurt for Raven. She definitely didn't deserve all the pain that Derek brought her. It wasn't just the cheating. He didn't support her dreams. In my mind, that was way worse than any cheating he could ever do. It's not like I know anything, but to me, marriage should be a partnership where you share in each other's dreams and successes, and you treat them as if they were your own. Your mate is supposed to be the person who roots for you when no one else is in your corner telling you that you can win. Raven didn't really have that. She had a man who was bitter because he wasn't following his own dreams. One who wanted her to be just like him, unmotivated and left feeling inadequate. But Raven had other plans. Derek had a way of saying shit to Raven that he knew would cut deep. Shit she had only shared with a few people. Secrets she entrusted him with. He used them against her knowing that she internalized every word. Because of that, part of her felt like she wasn't good enough to move on from him. That's the real reason she hadn't left him. In my opinion, Raven was in a verbally abusive relationship with the man who had once promised to give her the world. Once those promises went unfulfilled, verbal attacks became his weapons of choice. He knew she wasn't going anywhere, and so did she.
you do know you don't have to stay raven if it's not conducive to your mind and most importantly your soul's well-being you have the right to make the decision to leave no one will judge you for doing what's best for you girl i know there's about to be a lot of changes i'm just mentally preparing myself for everything but believe me i'm not stepping into the new year with foolishness the places i'm about to go i'm not taking none of this mess with me hell yeah cheers to that raven was right in a few short months, we will be entering into 2017, and there was no room for foolishness. Things were finally starting to look up for me, and I didn't need bad karma fucking it up. Although I was actively getting myself together, there were still a few loose ends that I had to tie up before I stepped into the new year, and I planned to do it like a boss. No regrets. Girl, yes, it's our time. <laughs> for real, like... Who is this? One second. Hello. I heard your interview today, beautiful. You are amazing. Who's this? Damn, you don't know me no more, baby. It's me. Listen, Danny, I don't want you calling me anymore, Ooh, okay? I love the way you say my name. Bye, Danny. Better not hang up this damn phone, Kena. Excuse me? You fucking heard me. Look, I ain't got time for this. I want you to stop calling me. We're not friends and you're doing way too much. Just leave me alone. If you hang up this phone, I'm walking over to that bar and I'm going to drag you up out of there. What? Mm-hmm. I'm done playing with you, Kayla. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Past Due was created and executive produced by Experience J. Music and sound design by Experience J, Leo Zaruki, Damon Green, and John Bajork. Podcast intro produced by Jonathan Gaither. Add voiceover by Mercedes Lewis of My Promo Voice. Past Due was written by Experience J, starring Experience J with an ensemble cast played by Natasha Malone, Lamar LaRue, Sterling Jones, Nofi Mitchell, Nico Tarlay, and Brand New. Musical artists featured on this episode include Zayru Roussan, Oi, Tilden Park, Spring Game and Aisha.